Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Give the Lord a big hand. It's great to be in God's house. You may be seated. Uh, How many of you have had a fantastic Thanksgiving? Anybody? Right? Great, good times with family and friends and being thankful for all of God's goodness. Rowena and I, we were down in Frisco, Texas last week, and I just wanted to share something as a church family we can all be thankful for. Uh, We did the installation last Sunday evening for our pastors down there, Pastors Carrie and Pastors Rian, and their daughter, Summer. They've landed in Texas. They've taken over the process of planting the church there in Frisco. We as a church family back at the end of last year, we made that decision that we were going to help to plant a church in Frisco, Texas. And the Lord has done amazing, amazing things through your generosity, your sacrifice, our sacrifices together. And uh, they have got their official launch moving forward. They've been able to navigate all sorts of craziness down there. And shockingly, they have $1.3 million in the bank for their church launch. And that's a good part because of you guys and your faithfulness. So pretty amazing. So it's our hope that you've been enjoying all of the goodness of Thanksgiving. And we're excited today because today is our Youth Sunday. How about that? Come on, let me hear it. And so we, are, we have uh, three speakers who are going to be speaking in just a moment. Before they do, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Steve Jr. and our, all of our youth leaders. Let's give them a big hand because they have a tremendous tremendous thing going on on Wednesday nights, and uh, Pastor Rowena and I pop in pretty regularly to be able to see what's going on, and they are doing a fantastic job. It is, uh, it is adult church, and then I think a little bit on steroids. I, I, I want to say to our students, uh, I honor you guys. are courageous. You guys in this season do not back down. You do this together as a group, and uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> future student. Um, <laughs> There's one thing that I've heard said of students, and um, I want to clarify this. Our students, our children, are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today, okay? And we will treat them accordingly with the respect, with the honor that they deserve. Uh, If any one of these are your children or grandchildren, you know what it does, the value of it for maybe you on a personal level. But in building the church, one of the things that I thank God for was that people looked at me when I was young and didn't see the church of the future. They saw the church of the present. And I was trusted with a lawnmower. I was trusted with a camera. I was later on, I remember the first time I was asked to speak, it was on a Sunday night. And my pastor took the risk on, yeah, (laughs) giving me the pulpit. And I think I preached for a whopping seven minutes. I had 30, but I, I preached for seven. I preached a message entitled, There Was a Man Named John, and He Was Sent from God. And then I put everybody else's, I looked around the room, there was a man named, well, in this case, John. (laughs) There was a man named Chris. There was a man named Steve. There was a woman named Valerie. And I preached that we're all sent by God. And uh, I'll never forget, uh, this is probably not going to happen today unless the Lord were to really move on me. But the pastor took up an offering for me that night. And uh, it was shocking because he never did that. Students are like, what? Is that a possibility? (laughs) And what was so cool, I, I believe that Rowena was there, and, and uh, I was so excited when I had that money. It ended up being like $300. And back in the Stone Age, before they invented the wheel, you know, that was a lot of money. And uh, I had immediate plans on what I was going to spend it on, and Rowena looked at me and said, you could use that money on a plane ticket to come and meet my family. 
And so I knew instantly then exactly what I was doing with the money. And so that was phenomenal. Um, I wanted to say, uh, Willow, I just want to thank you for the great prayer this morning. And I, and I want to, I really just want to just speak to you just for a second. Um, I know that this is a year for you where you're in search of, you know, who are my people and what's my identity and what do I believe and lots of voices. You would especially experience that. Looking for an identity and such a beautiful but blended and loud family. And that's no, that's no criticism. <laughs> and, and those are all beautiful, beautiful things. But I, I want to I tell you, sometimes we get marked with our identity. And I've watched the Lord touch you in ways that I've not seen him touch many other people. And it's marked you. And what's cool is you can always see that within you. And when you step into moments where you're being used by God, that becomes very, very clear. Lean into that identity. He's marked you for purpose. It's distinct. It's a strong, strong, strong leadership flavor. And I want you to run after that. Allow the other voices to line up and fall into place. But he's marked you in an honorable way at a young age. And so we're really excited about that. Um, so g- give, give her a huge hand. And, and Ellie, I was, Ellie, I was so proud of you praying this morning. You have like gone from a little girl to a young woman like overnight. It is crazy. I, I remember when you were little tiny and you'd run up to me and give me a big hug. My kneecap would get a hug every single week. And still you do that same thing. But watching, listening to you pray with that passion this morning, just want to honor you and I want to honor your parents. You come from a great family. And I want to say, you know, sometimes the Lord will do something significant. It's a huge adjustment, but it's always with great purpose. Sometimes we can't see the great purpose in the small adjustments. Like if you're watching a chess game and somebody moves, you know, a chess piece. I don't know anything about chess. I'm a, che- <laughs> I'm a checkers guy, okay? Uh, I like to keep it simple. But in moving a chess piece just one space, you would think, well, what's the point of that? Now, there could be strategy, but a lot of people miss it. But then there comes those big chess moves where there's a move to the other side of the board, and everybody gets excited, like, whoa, something big is about to happen here. And when I look at your life to see the significant change in, in where you started off in this lifetime to where you are now, I want you to know it's for big purpose. You should never doubt that. Like everyone else has purpose as well. Don't anybody else feel like you don't? Sometimes we miss it, though, because we see the small shift of the piece, the pawn from here to there, if that's a correct chess move. But when, when someone's moved all the way across the board, you can really stand back and say, wow, God's got his hand on, on you for purpose for here, for this generation. So great job. We love you. We're behind you a thousand percent. Give Elliot a big, big, big hand. Okay, we have three dynamic speakers coming one at a time at this time. We have Dawson Williams. We have Nate Semlick, and we have Abby Mowry. So give Dawson a big hand as he comes. Let's just jump into prayer real quick. Uh, Lord God, I thank you for the wonderful weather today, and I, I, I thank you for the privilege to speak in front of all these beautiful people. And I pray that today will just will be a great day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel like prayer is like, I just love it so much because it's like the most pure way of talking to the one true king. So um, when I when I was asked to speak, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. And then and then I and then I sat back. I was like, oh, no, I was like, I've never done this before. But I I had to 
I had to readjust my posture and, and, and change my perspective on, on what it really meant to, to speak in front of you guys. Like, it's, it's an insane privilege. Like, how many 15-year-olds have you seen uh, speaking on Sunday? Probably not very many. Um, but I, I just, I just want to thank Pastor Steve especially for uh, allowing me to come up here and speak today. Are you guys ready? Um, I feel like, de- not yet. Okay. <laughs> I feel like today, <laughs> she's jumping, haven't even said anything. <laughs> Um, I feel like today we really we really sit back and we wait for something to happen. Like, we we don't we we want we want God to do all the work, and that's just not how that's not how, not not how it's going to happen. <clears throat> so we cannot sit back and wait for something to happen. We need to take our next steps with Him through prayer and supplication. Uh, supplication is the a- the action of asking earnestly or humbly. Um, so don't be afraid to ask for help. I have definitely been in situations where I'm like, well. What's the point of asking? And I got this. Or I've been in that situation where like I don't want to ask because I'm scared. You know, there's 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 multiple multiple situations um, that you should always ask for help. You should always ask ask help from God because he he has most of the answers you're looking for. <laughs> um, we need to adjust our posture to better understand His Word because I feel like without without understanding His Word, we we don't know what our purpose is, right? I feel like we 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 begin to fear of, like, we, we, we fear change. I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely accused of that because I'm afraid of change. I've been comfortable. Um, I've been comfortable with being uncomfortable. I, I was talking to my friend the other day, and I said there's, there's two different types of comfortable or, or being comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. There's, a, like, I, I could be in a toxic relationship or something like that, and I'm afraid to leave because I'm like, well, if I leave, I'm going to be alone, you know. Or there's... Stepping out of your comfort zone, especially when it comes to God, you got to step out of your comfort zone sometimes. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I don't like crowds that much, but here I am. You know, you got to be able to step out of your comfort zone. Um, um, the verse I'm using for that is First Timothy uh, chapter six, verse six through ten. It says, "But godliness with contentment is great gain, uh, for we brought nothing into this world, and we cannot take anything out of this world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who de- desire to be rich fall into temptation, into snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction." I like to pay attention to that that first sentence where it says, "But godliness with contentment is great gain." Um, godliness is conforming to the laws of God, and contentment is with pleasure. So I feel like if we, like, the, the best feeling is when you, when you fully um, understand God's commands and you do it with pleasure, right? And I feel like if we, if we sit back and we're, and we're, like, waiting for something to happen and, and, and we, don't, we don't fully understand God's word, again, we just don't know our purpose. We don't know where to go, right? So I feel like we need to take those steps with him and we need to take those steps by, by starting with just, like, small things like prayer, might, it might seem small, but in, in reality, it's really big. Um, give me a second. Uh, we, we need to, so my first point here is our perspective should look through the lens of God's grace. So what that means is in this, in this day, in, in this season, I guess, we, we oftentimes find ourselves doubting, like, is it going to be good in the end, you know, right? Um, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of fear, especially in 2020. Who can agree that 2020 hasn't been the best year? And how many have agree, How many can agree that they've done everything they can to make 2020 better? Yeah. Now, if you're raising your hand, 
You're probably lying. <laughs> Not to attack anyone, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Didn't mean to attack anyone. Um, but if we look through God's grace, if we if we don't look, we don't look through our eyes. We look through God's eyes and what He sees 2020 as. This could be we could look at it as a lesson, right? Like this this could definitely be worse. Okay, like Pastor Steve probably remembers like yesterday, like World War One. Right? <laughs> you see, you do right, and. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. I'm sorry, okay? It just, it just had to happen, okay? It could, it could definitely be worse. There's just a lot of events. I'm not going to go naming through all of them, but there's a lot worse events that have happened, and we just haven't been around to experience them. So this is just a small, this is, this is in reality, this is just a small event or, um, that we have to deal with, and, and this is just a lesson. I feel like after we come out of 2020, after we're out of COVID and everything, we're going to be stronger, and we're going to be closer to God than ever, okay? Yeah. Um, so my action steps, I, there's, I was sitting there one day and I, 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 especially at the beginning of 2020 and everything happened, uh, it was about, um, January to March that I was feeling really good. I was like, spiritually, I feel so good. (laughs) And, and then Corona hit. Okay. And then we stopped coming to church, stopped coming to youth group. And I was like, well, what's my, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to, like, God wants me to deliver the word, but I can't because I'm stuck at home, you know? Um, and that, that, was, that was definitely an ongoing thing for a long time. Expect, like two months ago is when I decided to make a change, okay? Um, I started by removing a negative and adding a positive. What I mean by that, uh, for me, I remove social media, like all of social media, okay? And you're like, well, that's not that impressive. Well, for me, I was like, I'm a, I, I can definitely say, I'd be the first one to say that I was addicted to social media, okay? And all those old people are like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, you probably were. And you might not want to admit it, but you are too. Um, so I started by removing social media because I feel like it was definitely a, a very negative impact in my life. Like, I just, everywhere I went, I was like, well, this person says this and this person. Like, there's a lot to take in as a 15-year-old, okay? Until I'm, until I'm fully ready to experience all of the world, I think I should stay away from social media. So that's what I started with. Um, I started with, I just... Removed all my social media. I didn't even tell anyone. I just, I just removed it. And I didn't feel like I needed to tell anyone because, I don't know. But I, I, start, <laughs> I started with removing social media, and then I added scripture. Okay? It doesn't seem like that much again, but, like, it was just a huge impact in my life. Like, I felt this change. I was happier, and I was, I was more faithful. I had more hope that 2020 is going to turn around because, guys, I'm telling you, it's going to change. It's going to be a good change. Um, but I added scripture. I started, instead of, uh, instead of thinking about social media, I, I changed, I changed that and I started reading scripture. So anytime I thought or wanted to go on social media, I would just do the Bible instead. And that just made a huge impact because I started like comparing, um, events in the Bible and how they turned around. So I started, I started doing that with 2020 as well, because I, I believe we can change and I feel like we're very fearful of change. Um, and it's hard. It definitely is hard. I was, I did not want to remove social media because I was like, well, this is what I started thinking. I was like, what, what am I going to do without it? You know, <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I'm going to miss out on all this, you know? And I, I removed it and I, and I, the first couple of days I was like, I just, it's just so hard. <laughs> I 
And then I, I added the scriptures. And that's where, I, that's where I started to feel a change. It was, it was this sense of, like, this sense of hope. Yeah. And, and especially, especially today, we need hope. Um, there's a lot of people, it could be multiple sitting in, the, sitting in this room, that just don't have hope. They don't feel like 2020 is going to turn around. Um, but I feel like he's here today, and he's here tomorrow, and he's here forever, right? There's, that, there's a song, Here Again. Like, there's one, there's one uh, word, or there's a sentence there that says, uh, the Lord is in this place. And I believe that fully. Do you, I don't know if you guys can feel it, but I can. Um, so... To close this out, I'm already like, I've already ran out of time. I'm already like, I'm already like, Pastor Steve always complains. He's like, I got 35 minutes. I got 10 minutes, okay, guys? Um, <laughs> for my closing verse, it's uh, Philippians 4, 6. It says, do, mo- do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Again, that goes back to, that goes back to the beginning. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Because when you ask for help, that's when you that's when you see uh, you start to see an impact in your life, right? Um, so I, I I really didn't know what to do. I wasn't asking anybody for help. Like I, I just had no hope. I didn't I, like what's what's the point? What are they gonna do? They have just about as much hope as I do. So I just didn't ask for help. So it, I would I would suggest asking for help because I personally didn't do it, and it just took me a long time to get around it. Um, but you just start start by removing that negative and adding the positive. Even if that's a person in your life, just cut, cut down on them for a little while and add Jesus. Jesus is a pretty good answer, right? But I feel like we can make a change. And we can't until we all team up with God, okay? We cannot sit back and wait for something to happen. Until we change our perspective on 2020, we are not going to see a change. Okay? It's the hard truth. You may not, you may not need or you may not want to hear it, but you need to hear it, okay? It's hard. It's definitely hard. But it, as soon as you take those next steps, you begin to see just a crazy change. And I and I and I'm. It's just crazy because like a couple months ago, I was like I was down. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like I could come to church, and I was like, well, I'm here, but like I'm like like Val said, I'm I'm here, but I'm not here, you know. Um, but I feel like until you begin to take your next steps with God, you're not gonna be able. You're not gonna see a change. So we need to for the better, change our perspective, and just read the word, pray, worship, anything like that, you'll begin to see it, you'll begin to see a change. Yeah. Nate Simlick, everybody. <laughs> All right, that was a great word from Dawson. Let's give him a hand. Shifting our perspective. All right, so my thing, or my not thing, but my uh, message is going to be on our showdown against deception. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start because i got 10 minutes. So I've got a little story. So uh, I'm a big history fan, so I was doing a little reading, and there's an interesting story here. During World War I, um, British ships were constantly being attacked and sunk by German submarines. Knowing this, the British began fitting out their merchant ships with guns. And I want you to remember that this is a time when attacking civilian ships was unheard of. And what would happen is, seeing that the ship was civilian, the German submarines would then raise to the surface to just tell them to to go away or out of the area. And then the British ships would blow up the submarines uh, just completely. Uh, They would call these uh, ships uh, Q-boats. Now, what if I told you that in our life, 
we face thousands of these Q-boats every day. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're facing these situations. Uh, we get to see uh, that there is deception and there is lies that are coming from the devil that are happening in our life daily, and we don't even know it's happening. And it can be ruining our submarines. <laughs> uh, and so it is important to realize that there are keyboats in our lives and how we can fight back. So it brings me to my first point, which is when deception comes in your life, it will always appear good. 2 Corinthians 11:14 through 15 says, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will cor correspond to their deeds. Many of us have the idea of Satan as the comic book red guy with horns and the, the pitchfork who sits at the bottom of hell and laughs menacingly. And that idea needs to go from our minds, okay? That is not how Satan will ever appear in your life. And he also doesn't appear as the big monster from none or whatever, <laughs> right? He is going to come as something disguised as good in your life. And like the little Tweety Bird from uh, the old cartoon or whatever, right? And at first, they're going to appear lovely. And they're going to appear good. But in the end they're going to come to nothing, right? So when you, uh, uh, oh, yeah, okay, this, this one, you're not going to like this. All right, so, so when you go to a restaurant, right, and they give you too much change back, right? So you have a decision there, and in your mind, you're thinking, oh, I don't, why would I give them back change? They gave me too much money back, right? And so that is disguised as good in your life, right? That's something that can be disguised as good, but it's actually bad because it's stealing from them. But uh, in the moment, it seems like it's a good thing. Um, or when your neighbor gives you, your gives you a lawnmower, and then you never return it, or whatnot, <laughs> right? Because they never come knocking for it. Hey, they never came looking for it. Why would I give it back? Uh, <laughs> a little out there, but all right. Uh, which uh, brings me to my second point, which is you have to be prepared to fight deception. So what the Germans did, uh, once they realized the British were using Q-boats, they didn't just sit there and go, oh, great, they're using Q-boats, we're just going to continue to rise to the surface and continue to be blown to smithereens by the, the boats. No, they had to go out and tell each of the submarine captains, there are boats out there that are prowling the waters that want to destroy you, and you guys need to recognize those boats and then you need to be able to not go up to the surface and you need to not approach these boats. Um, when the enemy comes in your life, it usually happens within a split second. And if we're not prepared and if we're not ready to fight against it, then we're going to lose that battle. And so we need to train our minds to be able to recognize and then fight against the deception that the enemy has in store. And so what can you train your mind with? Well, Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It is important that as Christians, we are not only doing good things, but we are also thinking good things because it is important that uh, that will set us up to be able to recognize when the enemy is trying to trick us into doing something wrong. 
And Christians of the past actually recognized this, and they wanted to be able to help out the Christians in their congregation to be able to fight against the attacks of the enemy. And so they came up with a list of different virtues and vices. I don't have time to get into all of them, but I'm just going to quickly go through them. We have pride, envy, gluttony, lust, wrath, greed, and sloth. And those are the seven deadly sins that you might have heard of. And then they have their corresponding virtues, which are temperance, charity, chastity, humility, diligence, and patience. Now, in my life, at the beginning of quarantine, I was not being very good with homework. I was barely getting out of bed. I, I just was not working hard at anything. And I wasn't corresponding that to my life as a Christian. I was not corresponding the fact that there are sins and there are things that the devil is trying to trick us into that correspond to our Christian life. And if we're just calling ourselves Christian but not working on any of these areas in our life, then the devil is clearly winning. And so I came across Colossians 3, 23, 24, which says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are, ser you are serving the Lord. And so I read that, and I realized I need to be working harder. I need to be working on this issue of sloth in my life, this laziness, <laughs> this laziness in my life, because this is something that is important and is part of the Christian value. So I want you guys to take... 30 seconds, and think of something in your life uh, that you might be struggling with, that you might have been ignoring, that you might not have been quite working on, and I'm sure all of us have something that we know that is bad or that we know we can work on, but we just kind of ignore it when we get to that moment. So go ahead and just think for a few minutes, or not minutes, but a few seconds <laughs> about what you want to work on. Okay. <laughs> well, now that you've got it, uh, I hope you did think of something because I want you to turn to your neighbor and just go ahead and tell them. Being in the church, this should be a community where we uplift and we work with one another and we can hold each other accountable. So even if you don't necessarily know that person, just go ahead and tell them what is that thing that you want to be working on. All right, so now I want you to be able to, most of us have phones, and if you can, try to set a reminder right now that tonight you're going to go back over how you did with whatever you were working on today, because we need to be, you need to start now. It's like sometimes you come to church and you go, wow, that was a wonderful message. I'll work on that tomorrow, right? <laughs> so I want you like right, right now to pull out tonight when you get, get to bed to think about how you did with um, whatever you're working on. Benjamin Franklin, we're reading at school about him, and one of the things he worked on was he, he'd get to bed every night and then he'd analyze how he did in the day with the different virtues, and then uh, if he did bad, then he'd continue to work on it. And so they say that uh, building a habit takes about 30 days. So if you want to work at a habit, 
Uh, it's going to take about 30 days of hard work to make it so that you're not going to have to think about it. And so for this month, um, you can go ahead and go to action steps. Um, number one, you got I want to. Uh, you can ask God for help in in working with this. Don't expect to be able to do this uh, on your own, because you're not going to be able to. And also, don't expect perfection, because that was one of the things where Benjamin Franklin he failed. He didn't get to perfection, and so then he concluded that it was impossible, and which it kind of is. But he also concluded that, like God, what you just should be able to. Um, you should be content with, with not being perfect and there was no reason of working on anything, right? But we should know that with help, that we can get better. Our goal should be not necessarily perfection, but to be able to get better um, in these areas. Uh, for me, I'm going to be working on uh, gluttony, but not in the way that you might be thinking of gluttony. And uh, that is in excessive use of words, right? So my passage, <laughs> my Bible verse for this month is going to be Proverbs 10:19. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. And so every night I'm going to try to go to bed and I'm going to think, how did I do with this today? How did I how did I go about it? And there are nights like when I was working on diligence and working harder, I'd get to bed and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so tired. Do I really want to think about how I did on this? <laughs> and it is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You might want to turn your phone or just go straight to bed, but I really encourage you guys to work on this. I, don't, I have a great quote here and I don't have time to read it. Um, so I'll just end with this. Ephesians 22, 24 says, put off your old self, which belongs to your formal manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Thank you. Nice job, Nate. Hello, everybody. I'm really nervous, so... Um, I will be talking about the showdown with the outside voices. So what this means is to stand up to people when they tear and question our faith. So a, or last month, I was in history class online <laughs> doing a discussion, and it was on the separation of church and state, which that can get into a whole conversation, <laughs> but I'm not going to. So uh, it was specifically focusing on prayer in school. And I was like, okay. So I wrote out my whole response, and what I said is I think that there should be an allotted quiet time or a mental health time before class or before school that kids can pray in and not have to fear being made fun of or being, like, talked behind their backs behind. Because I know that's something that a lot of kids deal with is they don't want to pray at school because they think other people will come in and just make fun of them. And so I wrote all this out and I was super excited. I was like, oh, this is so great. Like, I feel really confident in my response. And I was made sure to make sure it was respectful and not offensive to other people because I wanted to make sure that people were seeing from my side of things. And so I posted it and then people responded to it. <laughs> And they said some things that I was just, it like shocked me. They said that it was inappropriate, that it was unimportant, and that religion doesn't belong during the school day. Somebody actually said that to me, and I was like, oh, 
And so for those of you who don't know, I ran a crew last year during school, which is a little youth um, kind of connect group thing where we would get together during lunch and we would have sometimes 30 kids pack into a room just so we could pray together, just so we could be together in the word, just so we could be together in the presence of God because these kids didn't get experience that during the day. They didn't get experience that at home. So we would come together and we would just pray. We would pray over the test in the next period or we would pray over a family member who was sick in these people's lives. It didn't matter what it was, but we came in and we just band together. And so knowing this, I was, and having these people respond to me saying that it was inappropriate, it just made me so confused and upset. I was like, God, what, what, (laughs) how, they just, they don't get it. And then, so he said, you're right, they don't. And so I was was like, okay, what do I, I need, like, it was just pressing on my heart so much. I was like, okay, I need to read my Bible. I need to pray. I need to talk to God. I need to have this direct this direct conversation, because I need to know, am I missing something, or is this, is this, is what they're saying, is this true, and so I turned to my Bible, which up until that point, I'd kind of been neglecting a little bit, (laughs) and so I was like, okay, I just need to sit down, and I need to read, and on the first page, Acts 18, verse 9 through 10, it says, and the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, God. (laughs) And so I just want to encourage you guys to speak directly to the outside voices. Keep speaking when the voices try and tear you down. God said to me, you're right, they don't understand, but that is exactly why I have sent you. That is exactly what you are here to do, is you need to keep preaching, and you need to keep telling them until they do understand. And so if we are to love our neighbors, we need to speak truth to them. We need to speak into their lives of the goodness of God and what he has for them. And so we do not need to give up in the face of scrutiny. We do not need to stand down. These ideas and criticism from the enemy is fighting us for a reason because he knows what we can do. He knows what we can do when we pray, when we read our Bible, when we talk to other people about God. Also, speak with the inside voices. God said in the verse, he said, no one will attack to harm you for I have many in this city who are my people. Don't go through this alone. Reach out to your pastors, reach out to your mentors, reach out to the people in your church, because we are a family. We are a church family, we are God's children, and we band together. God didn't design us to do life by ourselves. He designed us to do life together. And so we need to reach out to each other when we are facing things, when people are coming against us, when people are telling us things and we just don't know or we're feeling, we're feeling attacked and we're feeling down, we need to just reach out and be together, and we need to come and talk to one another. Communication is so important, and making sure people understand where you're at, and making sure where you understand where they're at is very important. So, um, also turning to prayer in your Bible, obviously, it's a very good thing to do. (laughs) Um, Talking to Jesus directly and having that conversation with him, asking him, what, what am I supposed to do? Why, why are these people saying this to me? What, 
what can I do to continue preaching you, to continue prophesying and being in your presence and being in what you have for me, your gifts, all that. And making sure that you're keeping that open with him is just will help you line up your line up your life, line up your path with what he has for you. So I'm going to ask you guys these action steps. Defend your faith always. Do not give up. It might be really hard. It might get awkward. <laughs> but defend your faith. Stand strong. Do it respectfully. Don't be rude. Don't start an argument just because you can. But do it because you, you, that's, that's what God calls us to do. That's because he, like, we're his children, and he loves us so much, and so we need to always defend him. And we also need to keep preaching God's word and truth. It can be so easy for somebody to tell us that what we're saying is inappropriate, or it doesn't belong, or it's unimportant, and for us to go, oh, okay, well, I guess, never mind. <laughs> but um, we need to, we need to stand back, and we need to say, no, we will keep preaching God's truth. And finally, we need to reach out to our community. We need to band together. We need to be strong together. We need to, we need to stay with each other because that's where, that's where our strength comes from. That's where our family comes from. And so finally, we just need to keep preaching until those who don't get it do get it. Thank you. How, how awesome was that? Come on. For the sake of time, I want you all to stand. And for the sake of time, we're going to just gather. We're not even going to sing a final song. But I want to invite all of our students. No, 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 students. If you're one of our students, I want you to come up here and gather around behind me. I'm going to move this up just a little bit forward. And as a church family, we're going to pray over our students, our children, and just ask for God's blessing to be, a, be upon them. Uh, I don't know, maybe we can zoom out a little bit less so that we can get everybody on screen, but we want to be able to uh, pull you guys in this way, and we're going to go ahead and pray for our students. We know that we have some other students who are uh, at home and all sorts of other places. Uh, you guys able to squish? We're missing these guys all the way over here. We can't even see them all over. Just pull over this way. Um, you're socially distancing in the spirit, okay? That can, no, you're not. Um, I want you to read, I want you to extend your hand out towards our students and towards the students who are at home. I just want to say, you guys, I, I am so proud of you guys. I am so proud of you guys. Um, you are not the church of tomorrow. You are the church of today. Especially in this season, the courage that you show is amazing. We want to honor you guys for that. And uh, we want to pray that in this season, this is a season of foundations. The most, some of the most crazy things that I've ever done I did early on in my Christianity, and it paved the way for being able to, that to be a norm, you know, for, for me in a, in a season like this that you're in, to launch out and do something great, to start a cadre, you know, or uh, um, uh, at school, the, the, the crew, I'm sorry, the cadres is here on Wednesdays, uh, to start a crew on Wednesdays, and I know several of our students have done that. For some of you to really press in and learn to play an instrument or start to, you know, do technology maybe for the very first time or take pictures. You know, those are, those are things that could be intimidating, but we want you to know you've got our 100% support, right? you got our 100% support. And we love you guys. We honor you guys. Think big. Dream big. Try big things. 
You might, you might make a joke that nobody laughs about about your pastor being in World War I or something like that. But we're not going to point that out. We're not going to be like, that was a total dismal failure of a joke. We won't ever say that. We would just applaud you. It would be golf club. No, seriously. But we, we would just, we, we, we want to see you just move forward and excel. All right? God's got great things for you guys right now. It's not for tomorrow. Great things right now. Dream big, all right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our students. We thank you for each and every one of them. For the ones that are represented here, Father, for the ones who are at home possibly traveling this Thanksgiving weekend. Father, we just speak a blessing over them. We pray over them your greatness. God, your goodness. God, you have great plans for each and every one of these. Let them see, Lord, your positioning in their life as being uh, a launching pad. Let them not despise their starting points. Let them have an understanding that, Father, where they start from is, is a preparation for life ahead. And, Father, we pray that in, in their gathering, in their times with us, in their times of serving, in their times of giving, in their times of doing ministry, behind the scenes and up front, God, they'll catch a vision for, God, what you have for them in the future. And God, that you would stir deep within them. Let them launch out in moments of faith. Give them absolute courage. Let them be like the young men, uh, uh, Caleb and Joshua, so that when they become the old Joshua and Caleb, they still step in strength into all the good things you have for them. Father, protect them. We thank you for the three messages of our three speakers. Father, we receive them as the word of God for this morning for our lives. We're excited about changing our perspective, pulling out something bad and sticking in something good. Father, we're, we're thankful for the being prepared for the battle against deception in our lives. We thank you for that message. We also, Lord, we thank you for the message, God, that, that strikes, uh, strikes within us to keep preaching your word, even though it's not received in, in the world that we live in. We know that your word brings salvation, and so we'll keep preaching it. Father, we ask you to bless our students. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and everyone said... Amen and amen. Give our students a great big, big, big hand. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.